Word of God. We're going to Genesis chapter 32, as I've already mentioned. I'm going to be reading this morning um, from the New King James Version, but I want to read um, verse 28 to get us started. Then I'll let you be seated after prayer. Heavenly Father, first of all, let me just pray. Heavenly Father, I ask you to meet with us. We thank you, God, for your spirit that we've already experienced here. Thank you, God, for your word that is alive and <coughs> powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We pray, God, that you would uh, that you would just come this morning and speak to our hearts and encourage us and strengthen us, strengthen us and, and, and uh, reveal your heart to us as we open our hearts to you. Father, I pray this morning that you would continue, Lord, as we have already asked, to minister to those who are hurting and in need of your touch. And, Father, we pray that tonight, today, our, our lives, Lord, will re reflect what you have uh, chosen us to live like. May you be glorified in our lives. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. I, I ask you for your anointing upon this word and upon every ear. Let every ear hear what the Spirit is saying this morning to the church. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Genesis chapter 32, verse 17 says, I confused you because I said I'll pray after I read and then I prayed first. But Genesis chapter 32, verse 7 says, And he said, Your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and men and have prevailed. I know you know this story. Most all of you know it. Uh, I'm going to just... Uh, I'm going to tell you some of it, give you a little bit of background. You can go ahead and be seated. But I'm going to, I'm going to start with, uh, with reading a little more of this passage. But I didn't want to have you, have, have you to stand the whole time. And I'm going to point a couple things out. And I don't know what, uh, what Bible you have. Uh, and I'm not opposed to a lot of the, uh, the, the newer versions. Some of them I'm not at all fond of. And I can tell you that. I can probably name a few. But uh, there are some that are really good. Um, your Bibles, and, and um, if, if, if it's not one of the best, now you might have a different, uh, uh, you know, a different idea on this, but if it's not one of the best, but you can't understand, for instance, the New King James, I do not have a problem with you reading something that makes sense to you, um, such as the New Living Trans Translation, that's a really good one, I believe, um, but I think that if we're wanting to go in deeper into study, we need we need something that's closer to the original, the King James, New King James, New American Standard. And I'm just saying that this morning because I am reading the New King James this morning, and sometimes I'll probably uh, maybe read a portion of the New Living and some others. But I want to show you something, and the reason I'm even mentioning it at all is because the King James and the New King James clarify some things for us that some of the newer versions don't. If you'll notice, I'll point some things out as we go through here. If you'll notice, some of these words are capitalized. And if, if, you, uh, if you see, for instance, we're not seeing it in this, uh, but if you see the, the word Lord and the, the word is capitalized, but the rest of the words are small, they, they did that in the King James Version to tell you you're talking about Adonai. You're talking about, you're talking about the Lord, Adonai. But if you see it all in caps, L-O-R-D, all in caps, the word was Jehovah, Yeshua, uh, Jehovah, Yahweh. Um, so, so this kind of gives us some clarity. And in this passage, we see a couple places that <coughs> capitalization, and it it says here uh, in verse 24 that Jacob wrestled with a man. But you'll see that it, the, the M is capitalized, and you'll also see in verse 27, so he said to him, the capital the, the he is capital. 
appearance of God. I don't think this was just a man, and it uh, certainly wasn't just a man, but I don't believe even it was just an angel. Um, and, and we'll talk about that more perhaps as we go. But I want to read to you now and kind of keep that in your mind. But uh, Genesis chapter 32, verse 22, and we'll read down through 28. And he arose that night, and he took his two wives and his two female servants and his eleven sons, and he crossed over the ford at Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook, and he sent over what he had, and then Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled, wrestled with him until the break of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint, and he wrestled with him, and he said, Let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. You have struggled, for you have struggled with God and with men, and have prevailed. Now I'm going to back up again, and I'm going to look at verse... Um, Verse, let's go ahead and go back to the beginning. Verse 22. He arose that night and he took his two wives and his two female servants and his 11 sons and they crossed over the ford of Jabbok. Now, I, 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 I kind of break this down for you just a little bit because um, we might not understand why he was moving his family at night and especially to cross a river at night. This seems very unusual. It's out of character for, uh, for, for travel. Especially in those days, they didn't have the lighting that we do. They didn't have highways. They were they were walking across a wild river. They were walking probably a, a path that was known, and this this ford had a name. So it was a place that people normally crossed. But how many of you know that it's difficult to cross a river? Difficult enough in the daylight. But we're we're seeing here he's crossing at night with his with his children, with his wives. With a load of, of, of goods. And there's a reason for that. He and his brother Esau have been at odds for some time. And he is close to his brother Esau. And to be honest, he's very afraid of his brother. Because he had, uh, you, you know the story. Uh, Jacob, had, Jacob had taken advantage of, of his brother. And when, when his brother was in a dire situation, he had basically bought uh, his brother Esau's birthright with a bowl of pottage. Remember that story? Not going into all that, but if you haven't read it, uh, you can just back up a few chapters and, and read. It's, it's amazing. You can you can also see that there was even a struggle. If you back up just a little more, there was even a struggle that was going on in the womb of, uh, of their mother. And and when um, when when he was when he was born, uh, he was holding on to the heel of his brother, trying to uh, usurp authority even at, at such an age. And and so. Then we see that Jacob tricked his father into blessing him over his, his twin brother Esau. And, and he was actually the youngest, but he got the oldest, the blessing of, of the oldest, the firstborn. And, and I'll just be honest. I believe that all along it was God's intention to give Jacob the blessing that he would get. But he tried to make things happen in his own power, in his own way. And I'll, I'll throw in there. That I believe we so often do that. God, perhaps even this being Pentecostal church, you might you might have received a prophecy at one point in your life from God that He would do something, or that that your children would be saved, for instance. And 
And you're, you're trying yourself to make it happen. And we can't make happen what God says He will do. We can pray that He will hasten the time. We can make ourselves available to Him. We can be honest with God, which is what we're talking about today, honest to God. We can, we can be obedient, and that's one of the best things that we can do to see things happen, to make to make do our part, to make sure that the promises of God hold true. And if we're looking at the Word of God and we're seeing even what the Word of God says, we have to depend on Him to make sure that He will fulfill His Word. And God is not a man that He would lie. He will fulfill what He has promised. He will perform it. But we get in a hurry. And we think God's not doing things the way that we want Him to do it. And we try to take things in our own, into our own hands. This is common. It's common among humankind. Jacob was one of those, one of those types. He was probably, he was probably not very, he was not a very patient person. He was, he was, uh, I know we only have a few people in here that are that are young enough probably to to really be into Enneagrams. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I know this line right here. Everybody on this line probably knows. My, my youngest daughter, or my oldest daughter, Lindsay, is obsessed with Enneagrams. And, and you say, well, what is that? I'll just tell you. I see some, a few more hands. It's, it's, a, it's a personality. It's, it's, it's a list of personality traits. It explains who you are um, by, by, you can take a test. I, I'm just talking to you for a minute. But you can take a test. And it will tell you about yourself, and it is absolutely amazing because they have studied personality types and what, what our hopes are, what our dreams are. This, this young man, I don't know what personality type was, but he was not patient. He, was, he wanted to take things into his own hands. I would guess that he was probably a number seven. My wife is a number seven. That's why I say all that. My wife is a number seven. She's uh, she is a, an outstanding woman. I love her, and I'm blessed, and I am so honored that God allowed her to be my wife. But we are so opposite. We've heard opposites attract. I, I'm very patient. I I, I will I, I can see things through the long haul. I, I I will address what needs to be addressed, and and I am I am not afraid to do that. But at the same time, I'm patient. Um, not to say that she is hard, but she wants things right now. Okay, just a minute. How many? How many of you want things right now? Let me see those hands. Oh, there's a lot of you. <laughs> want things right now? We all do to some extent, Sister Kathy. You're right. All of us want things right now, but but some of us are more prone to just want to make it happen. And 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 so anyway, I I, I live with Tracy. And, and see every day, I've told her before, I said, you have less patience than a hummingbird. <laughs> she'll bounce from here to there. Uh, she's always looking for what comes next. What are we going to do tomorrow? And I'm still trying to figure out what I can do to make today a success. That's what a one does, and that's what I am. So, so anyway, we're, 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 we're different. But I want, I'm saying all that I'm, for a couple reasons, trying to get your attention. on. on we all are alike, but we're all different too. Jacob had this idea that, that he was supposed to uh, be all that he could be, and, 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 and he wanted to make it happen. Now, the, the, the prophecies, Abraham, Isaac, had already received prophecies that he was going to give the land that to, to, to the, the sons of Abraham. And so we see.
here that perhaps Jacob thought, if, if, if I'm not the, the next in line of succession, my people might have to leave. My people might have to go. Because if we'll recall, and I believe it's in, uh, it's in Genesis here too. I'm not sure exactly what, what chapter I believe. It might be 24. That's just a guess. Uh, but the Lord told uh, their mother that there were two nations in her womb. And that, and that they would both become great nations, but the older would serve the younger, and and that and that um, they they would they would always be there would always be tension. Now I'm just going to pause right here and, and just take some time to talk about that. That tension is still going on in the Middle East. That's right. Still happening. You can see it on the news every day. The the sons of Esau and the the sons of Jacob are are struggling against each other even to this day. And, and I, I can imagine that if I were the youngest son and the prophecy from God had said that you, the younger, will rule over the older, I would be in a hurry to go ahead and see that happen. I want to make it happen. I can imagine that. I want to make it happen. Well, this is what Jacob did. He wanted to make things happen. He, he, was, he was in a hurry to see God move in a, in a certain way. And, and Rebecca probably played right into it. Their mother probably played right into it because she had, she was the one that received the word from, from the Lord. And so I, I think that when we when we see here what was what was happening, we, we see that he he was moving at night because first of all he was fearful of his brother. But we we, we see that he he moved them all across let me get back on track. He moved them all across the river. He took all the things and, and left them on that side of the river to get them into a, a safe zone. And then he began to search his cell. He was alone. The Bible says that then Jacob was left alone. The next thing that it says is that a man wrestled with him all night. Jacob was left alone. I, I want us to consider just for a minute that sometimes we need to be alone. We need 
all. See what's in our own heart. See if we are where we should be. See if we like where we are and see what brought us here. And, and if it's if it's not where, if we're not where we're supposed to be, if we're not reaching the place that God is taking us and we've not gotten there to that place yet, it's a time when we're alone. It's a time to realize that and begin to say, Lord, you, you, you're going to take me somewhere. You promised me that I'll get to a certain point. And, and Lord, I want, with all that's within me, I want to reach my full potential for your kingdom. Is there anybody that, that agrees with me about that? I want to reach my full potential for your kingdom. Well, if we if we don't get alone, sometimes we're so busy and so distracted that we won't even consider those things. But when we're alone, we also, and here's what I really want to get to, when we're alone, we also have time for God to talk to us. If I'm if I'm alone, I can I can get some of the noise to settle. It's not that it's bad that I'm in conversation or relationship. That's awesome. That's wonderful. I love that I my family, my girls come every weekend and, and my wife and I, we we we're together almost all the time. And I love those times together. I love the conversations. I love the the, the interaction. I, I, I enjoy that. But we have to find time to just get alone and be with God. And I believe that that's exactly what happened here with Jacob. He was left alone. And while he was alone, I would, I would suspect, and the Bible doesn't tell us this, but I would suspect that he began to look back at his life and what all he had tried to make happen. Because when you get alone, you start, you start turning in, introspecting. You start looking inside. And, and so I can imagine that he must have done that. And then we don't know where this, this, uh, this man came from, capital M. We don't know where he came from. But it says he was alone and a man wrestled with him until the break of the day. Now, we, we, don't, we don't see that, that someone came. We don't see that, that, there was, there was, uh, that there was someone that stumbled into his camp. We don't see any of that in the Word of God. But somebody showed up. And I, I believe that we all agree that this was a, this was a, a, a time that he, he met with God. Now, whether or not we believe this is this was a representation of, 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 of God before Jesus Christ was incarnate, everybody doesn't believe that. But, but whether we believe that or not, we know this was a this was a, a messenger from God, yeah. if not God Himself. And the word calls um, the word refers to this another place. And see if I can tell you where that's at. It's Hosea chapter twelve, and it calls this man an angel. Which an angel means messenger. The, the word here was malak, and, and so we see here that that this this man, this angel, this this messenger from God, perhaps a, a representation of God Himself, had come and showed up while he was alone, while he was probably, most likely, considering his life, because he was about to meet up with his brother Esau, and he was considering things, and and the angel shows up, and they begin to wrestle. And they wrestle all night long until the break of day. Verse 25 says, Now when he saw that he prevailed not against him, speaking of he here being the capital, uh, capitalized, he saw that he prevailed not against him. He didn't prevail against, against Jacob. In, in, in physical form, he had not prevailed against him. He said to him, he touched the socket of his hip, and he, he, he smote uh, the socket of his hip and the joint uh, out of, out of joint as he wrestled with him and he said let me go for daybreak 
Isaac's, and he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. So we see here that Jacob also recognized that this was not just some man who'd shown up. He's looking for, he's seeking the blessing of God. Now, I, I know I'm taking this slow, and I'm, I'm breaking this all down. We've got plenty of time. We're still a little bit early, and I'm, I'm getting close to finishing, and you might not believe that, but I'm getting pretty close to finishing already. But he was he was he was looking at he was looking at things and 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 had moved his family for safety and he's alone and this man shows up and they wrestle all night long until the break of day and physically no one had had one over the other and, and when the, the the angel the man tells him to turn him loose because day is breaking he says I will not go unless you bless me we need to, first of all we need to get alone. And we need to spend time considering who we are and what we are. And first of all, we need to be honest with ourselves. Yeah. But secondly, we need to be, we need to, we need to have, during that time, have an interaction with God. Yeah. And I believe that no matter how you look at this, this was considered an interaction with God because he says, bless me. I won't let you go till you bless me. And we need to get to that point. God, I won't let you go till you bless me. Now some would say that's being selfish, and and I remember a lot of people back in 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 uh, the, probably was it the nineties that the prayer of Jabez came out, and people were saying that was a selfish prayer. Well, it might be a selfish prayer to say, "Lord, bless me," but when we receive the blessing of God, it spills over to others, and I want to be as blessed from God as I possibly can because the more of the blessing of God that's on my life, the more I can reach other people with the blessing of God. If I'm not blessed by God, how am I going to bless others with the blessing of God? I want all of God that I can get. And he met with he met with somebody here, and he said, I won't let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to turn you loose. Let me go. It's about a great day. I've, I've got to go. Now, I don't know why he needed to go before daylight. But he said, I won't let you go until you bless me. Let me read it a little bit, a little bit more of it here. But he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. Verse 27. So he said to him, What is your name? Now this, this being here says to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Verse 28. And he capitalized this, this man, this angel, representation of God, whatever, said to him, Your name, your name shall no longer be called Jacob. Now I want you to listen. Because this is the blessing that he is pronouncing over Jacob. Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men, and you have prevailed. I want us to consider this for just a moment. Your name will no longer be called Jacob. We know what the word Jacob means. Most of us in the church, at least, know what the word Jacob means. Anybody that could just... Shout out what Jacob means. Deceiver. Supplanter. Trickster, some would say. Um, another, another definition for another definition for that word is replacement. He was trying to replace his brother. He was trying to kick him out and take his place. He was he had used deception to do it. And so Jacob hears from, from this interaction with God that. You will no longer be called deceiver. You'll no longer be called Jacob. Your, your identity as you are known 
in this world will cease to exist. You will no longer be who you have been called to be, but you're going to be called something else. And before I get there, I want us to consider that we, when we have an encounter with God, we should have a change in our life. The change in our life should do away with the old man that we once were. And the old name that we were known by and the old reputation that we have should be washed in the blood and it should be forgotten and removed from us. And that's exactly what happened here for Jacob. And Jacob... Jacob was, was not only getting that, that old name, that old reputation removed, but he's getting a brand new one. Let me read the rest of it here. He says, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, the deceiver, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men. I want us to, to consider this just for a minute, and, and let me throw this at you. I wrote this down. I'm going to read it this way because I want you to hear clearly what I'm saying. I tried to tell Tracy yesterday, and I didn't really word it, didn't really uh, quote it correctly, and I want you to get this fully. This is something I believe the Lord has, has revealed to me. When we are finally willing to admit who we are and where we are spiritually, then God can reveal who we have been called, who we are called to be and what our destiny really is. When we're finally willing to admit, first of all, we have to admit to ourselves. Second of all, we have to admit to God. The Bible tells us that if we have if we've committed any sin, the Word of God tells us that we should confess our sins before God and that He would forgive us. He's faithful and just to forgive us. But if we're holding on, let me just let me just take a minute. If we're holding on and we're we're saying that's that's not wrong. What I did was not that bad. It's it's not anything that hurt anybody. It's it's just this is just something that I did and and, and nobody nobody even needs to know about it. I want you to understand everybody don't need to know about your sin, but God needs to hear that you know that you have wronged him because sin is a transgression against God. And we need to we need to come clean with God and be honest with God and whatever has been there, whatever has been in us, whether it was bad or or, or it was just maybe what we might consider a little bit bad, we need to take it before the Lord and we need to be honest with God, honest to God with Him, and we need to just show Him everything that, that is within us. And I want you to see that God will push you toward that because the, the angel, the man, said to him, let me back up so I can see my scripture. The angel said to him, what is your name? He pushed him toward it. God sometimes will push you toward an interaction where you will, you will have to reveal to him what is in yourself, where you have to come clean and say, this is who I really am. We as Christians, we think I'm talking just to, to those who don't know Jesus Christ yet. I'm not. I'm talking to all of us. Sometimes we have things in us that we don't like and that we know God don't like, but we hold on to them because we don't think we can change, because we don't think we can be any different. I want you to know that God is the one that created you, and if it's something in you that you don't like and you know God don't like, all you have to do is say, God, I want a new heart. I want a brand new clean spirit. I don't want to be what I once was. I want that brand new reputation. I want a new name. Praise God. Somebody told me the other day, and I, 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 won't, I won't say who. They're here, and I don't want to embarrass anybody. But I, somebody said, I hope it's okay. I'm going to say it. Somebody said, I'm troubled. And I said, no. Don't you say that. That's what they called me. I said, well, they, they, you got a new name. 
You got a new name today because I'm not calling you trouble. I'm calling you blessed. Amen. Amen. And I believe that's what God wants. Amen. He wants us to let go yes. of what even what others have thought about us and what they have what they have tagged on us. Sometimes that weighs us down. They'll say, You maybe you've you've heard this. You're never going to amount to anything. You won't be much. That South Knoxville church, perhaps, they'll say, it's not going to ever do anything. It's just a little old church, and, and it's got a bunch, of, a bunch of people that don't really care about anything but themselves. I'm not saying that I've heard that. I'm not. But what I'm saying is we don't have to hold on to what somebody has spoken over us, no matter what it is, because God is speaking, speaking something brand new. And today, he has put his name in this place, and it's going to be marvelous, and he's going to get glory. I don't have to be what I 
I've really not really got to preach yet about about freedom. What we the way we get to 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 the freedom or the peace or the joy or the prosperity or the the promise, whatever it is of God, is turning loose of who we were and becoming who God has called us to be. That's what it takes. And I don't have to figure it all out. And I don't have to manufacture it. And I don't have to know all the details. I just have to be obedient to God. And I have to let go of myself. And then I have to be honest to God. Honest to God. Because I can't do it if I'm holding anything back from Him. God is not... Getting close. I, I, I thought I was done. Now I've got to felt the anointing some more here and I'm struggling. But I'm getting close. God is not looking to punish us. He's looking to redeem us. God is not looking to bring down condemnation on us. He's looking for us to walk in peace and freedom and joy. That's what He wants. But we hold ourselves in those places when we won't be honest with God. And there's no way that we can get free or that we can get joy or that we can find the place that we're called to be in ministry as long as we are trying to manufacture it because we can't do it. God didn't call you to do it. He called you to let Him do it through you. I've got a few things here I have to read to you. Until you get along with God, you will likely remain who you've always been. Until you are willing to endure the spiritual pursuit of God to the very end, even if it brings a limp into your natural man, you may, you may never encounter God in a way that your life will be marked forever. I'll say that, and then I'll say that Jacob walked with this limp for the rest of his life. No, no. Israel walked with this limp for the rest of his life. But he remembered the, the weakness of his, the frailness of his flesh. But he knew that he had a new blessing placed on him by the power of God. So he began to walk in the spirit. Let me give you one more little tidbit of information that goes along with this. Every time you see Jacob mentioned in scripture after this point, it was because he was doing something fleshly. And every time you see Israel, it's because it was spiritual. This is important. Because God is looking for us to live in the spirit and walk in the spirit and not live in the flesh. Not to walk in the flesh. Walking in the flesh can look like so many things. It can, it can look like what we normally would call sin and we might be disgusted at it. Or it can look like things that we would allow in the church and never think anything about it. But God is not looking for fleshly Christians. God is looking for those who are hungry for the Spirit of God that will go fully after God. Yeah. Yeah. Be honest to God. Yeah. And submit self to His will. Keep reading. You can't take hold of your destiny until you turn loose of your past. And here's one of my main points. Until you've admitted that your name is Jacob, for instance, supplanter, deceiver, schemer, you cannot receive the name Israel, which means Prince of God. Or God, this is another meaning for it, God fights for me. Oh, hallelujah. Until you have, until you have turned loose of the name Jacob, you can't be named Israel. Listen to what I'm saying here. You say, well, my name's not Jacob, my name's not Israel. <coughs> and I'm not saying that you need to change your natural name, but I'm saying that 
Some of us, as we've given our heart to Christ, I'm just going to be very honest with you, and this, if this hurts, I, 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 I hope you'll forgive me, but some of us, even as Christians, will look back on those days that we did those things that were so unpleasing to God, and we'll even brag about them a little bit. Oh, I was terrible. I was such a bad, bad man. You wouldn't believe what I did on that day. Maybe even a little chuckle in their voice. I did this. I did that. And they'll tell you the whole story. It's like that. Like, like going back to glory days. I, I saw this, I saw that, I did this, I did that. And we have this little bit of a, a little bit of pride that went along with what we used to be. I want, I want to get to the place that I, I know God doesn't remember my sin, my past against me anymore, but I want to get to the place where, where I don't have to remember that against me anymore. But some of us will hold on to it even with joy, but we need to let that bygones be bygones and we need to move into the place that God has called us to be into a brand new life into a new heart into the power of the spirit into the place that God says that he will pour his spirit out upon all flesh not just to the place where we have walked around and, and been in disobedience we need to get to the place where we're obedient with God and we're honest with God and we're able to turn everything loose that is unpleasing to God if God says give it up give it up if God says come to run after him. If God says, I want more of you, say, how much do you want? He's going to say, I want everything, but I'll run toward him because God has great things ahead in our lives and we can't get them as long as we're deceiving ourselves or as long as we're listening to our own self. We need to be honest with God so that his spirit can come alive in his church once more. Take hold of God. 
God, don't let go. Be honest with God because He knows anyway. Own your mistakes. <laughs> Own your mistakes. Don't pass the buck. Started with Adam. What have we done? Well, the woman you gave to me. <laughs> he turns to, to Eve. What have you done? Is that serpent?
knows what we're made of. He knows what our personalities are. He knows where we're where we where we lack and where we. I can tell you more. I'm talking about Tracy not being patient. That's, I'm not. I'm not just saying the, the bad things. That might sound like a bad thing. She is so full of joy. Number sevens are full of joy all the time. They're the life of the party. She's brought joy to my life. She brings joy to our family every day. I'm going to celebrate her today. I don't want you to think I'm talking bad about her or not. But God knows the good things. And he knows the bad things. And he made us who we are. But he can fashion us into his image. Thank you.